Hey, welcome to the After Now podcast with Tim and George. Give us a listen. What do you have to lose? Because let's be honest, you've wasted time on sketchier stuff than this before. Hey, Tim. Hey, George. I was watching this great movie on the apocalypse. I mean, it had everything. Intrigue, suspense, um, uh, battles, and tragedy, and all this stuff. And then I realized I was watching the news. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I got I got another apocalypse. So we're we're not talking about the apocalypse, but we're just talking about weirdness today. But I got a great apocalypse joke. I, I really like it. Do it. So um tensions with Russia and the US flare, which isn't too far off, yeah. right? Yeah. Um and the Cold War reignites with both the US and the Russian standing on the brink of total nuclear annihilation. So the leaders of both comp- countries meet and they agree that nothing on earth is worth nuclear annihilation. So they they decide to end things once and for all with a winner takes all dog fight. Both sides have five years to breed a dog and, and on that set date, the dogs will fight in a single contest and the winner, that country will, will rule everyone else. Okay. So the Russians immediately find the biggest and meanest Rottweiler in all of Russia. They breed it with Siberian wolves, and the puppies are born. All but the single and the strongest one is killed, and it, you know they keep on breeding it and and create this fearsome, just gigantic specimen. And it looks like one of the dogs of hell. <laughs> it's just huge. Okay. Okay. So. So the Russians show up with this giant Rottweiler wolf beast. And the Americans show up with an odd-looking seven-foot-long dash hound, the wiener dog. Right. Okay? Okay. So the fight begins, and everyone is expecting the slaughter because the Russian dog snarls. And then in a single bite, the American dog eats this giant beast. The Russian president is sitting there in disbelief and goes to the American president and says, I don't understand. We spent five years and our best people creating an unbeatable killing machine. How did we lose? The American president laughs and said, that's nothing. We spent five years getting our best plastic surgeons to make an alligator look like a dash hound. (laughs) (laughs) Take that, Russians! There you go. Yeah, there that, you that's go. how we. That, that's what we should do with Ukraine. Uh, <laughs> so, what we're going to talk about today is everything. Just seems a little weird right now. There's just a weird, like world energy. There's a weird, um, just strange things are happening all over the place. It's every day. Yeah, is, every day. Is, is weirder than the next. You, you know, and it, I think it's funny because we, I, I think it's fair to say that we took a little, a little 
pause from the show just to, I mean, but I think from afar, you and I have been watching things too, you know, just, we just said, Oh yeah. We talk all the time about this and we've got, we've got the popcorn and we're just watching what's going on. And you know, it's, we wanted to do a show, but it's, things are moving so fast. (laughs) It's, it's kind of, it's so weird. So Tim and I are, are friends outside of the show. And and we <laughs> every once in a while it'd be like, did you hear about fill in the blank, right? And <laughs> it's like, and the other thing that we were talking about that goes along with this weirdness, and it's almost like um, the world is not spinning on its axis correctly right now. It's got a wobble in it or something. Um, the other thing is, every response is so freaking extreme and it's silly. Yeah, it's like it's like oh come on, you know. So, um, just this within the last probably what four days. Yep, four days. Four days. We've had the the sub that went down to Titanic imploded, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. It's it's right up our alley with technology, technology. And yeah, all that stuff. Yep. Yeah, and, and then. We had the head of Wagner Wagner Group almost march on Moscow to overthrow the Russian military. Yep, these these uh, paramilitary for hire soldiers that that Russia's been using, and they got it supposedly attacked by Russian soldiers who they were fighting for, and it it's just absolute weirdness everywhere. Yeah. Just everywhere, and and in our country as well. There's, we're not going to get into the political issues here. So hard not to, but it's just insane. It really is, and you know the one thing, the the only um, the only thing that we can say, regardless of of what your political beliefs are. It seems like the megaphone is given to the whack jobs on either the fringe left or the fringe right. And if you were to just listen to social media or the news, that is the way everyone thinks. And and you even hear some politicians spout some of this stuff. But I got to be honest with you. Nobody I know which is the majority of the country, and this is proven by the numbers, they don't subscribe to this extremeness and and all this stuff. But what I am seeing is even out on the streets, people are just so much more likely to just flip shit at the smallest thing. I mean, like when you're driving, oh my God, you know, we're... We were driving, and um, I got in the turn lane because I had to turn. Guy beeps at me and just flips the bird. It's like I'm in a turn lane turning. (laughs) Take a breath, right? Yes. Yeah. But it it just seems like everybody's on a hair trigger, and um, it just seems like everything – Whenever there's a situation, I, I 
and Tim, you know, let me know if you're if you're feeling this as well. There's definitely a weird energy out there. Oh, but it's, there's absolutely a weird energy. Absolutely. But if when you, it's almost like when I hear a news story, I almost expect the most ridiculous outcome to come from it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know. For sure. Like, and, and, and and not only that, but like, you know, I never used to get my news off of social media. I got to tell you, it's um, getting it in bits and pieces has uh, been a lot more um, appetizing for me. <laughs> Versus getting it, uh, you know, at... Uh, the, the the nightly news and getting it all in one one lump sum, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And and, and honestly, you know, you hear stuff on the nightly news, and you're like, is this delayed like six months? Yeah. You know, they're 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 doing stuff that was like, duh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, and and you know, I mean, I think it's we think it's interesting. We we thought it was a good time to um, pick up the the podcast a little because, um, you know, we're the stuff with the sub. It's it's kind of interesting. We're going to start there, and then yeah. we're gonna, we're going to work our way through what's what what's occurred over this past weekend, and just kind of talk about some of that. And I mean, the sub. Let's let's start with that. I mean, yeah, uh, this this is just. This is a case of somebody finding a loophole and being so arrogant that they think that they're the smartest person in the room. Yeah. I I hate to say it because people are deceased. But looking back at some of the interviews and all the warnings that were there um, and just there were so many mistakes made now technology this really does point out our um our overconfidence in technology we kind of think that if something is there and operating and that this the newest technology is going to save us from everything and this is clearly a case where it didn't right right um you know some of the big things here so for those of you that uh, didn't hear, which I, I'd be hard to believe, but uh, just to recap, there was a private mini sub that dove on the Titanic wreck, which is, we'll talk about that because that's a terrible idea. Um, and there were five people on board this, this mini sub and it disappeared. And each of them paid $250,000 to go down. Um, the sub itself operated in that gray area because it was international waters. Um, and the person running it didn't get it certified. Yeah. We, and, we should, we should talk about that certification process, yeah. by the way. Yeah. So if somebody's going to get a submersible certified, it is a big, long, expensive process. And, you know, the, the manual, um, there, there's a pretty good interview online with James Cameron where he talks about it. Uh, but the manual itself is 
I don't know, 700 pages or something like that. Yeah, and to, and to uh, be fair, James Cameron, who most of us know as a director, he, he's also very big in this industry, in this um, in this group of submariners who 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 do this for a living. He he's very aware of you know the um, the state of things, and uh, you know I mean he's he's definitely I would consider to be an expert in this space. As oh, well. absolutely! Yeah, he yeah. he's he's actually built these, yeah. so he's gone through the process of certifying and having submersibles built and go through the certification. Process. Yeah, but my my point was he's just not a he's not only a great movie director, but he's also got a lot of expertise and background in this space. Yeah, and just to tell you how um what these submersibles if done properly can do, James Cameron uh, did a film and created a submersible that went 3 times deeper than the Titanic. And so he designed, so he knows what he's talking about. And they, they had warned about this. Uh, the people, I guess there was an open letter of people that in this community, because it's a small community that had said, uh, this is not a good idea. They're using carbon fiber. And again, our belief in technology, oh, carbon fiber is better than steel. Well, okay, but maybe not in this application. Um, the, the bubble window they had talked about, uh, when it goes down, it compresses like seven inches or something. The window was not rated to go as deep as they did. Um, it, it was, it was only, it was rated to, to go maybe a little bit more than half. Um, now the, one of the issues is they got away with it twice. Right. And. They did get away with it twice, and I I just want to bring something up really quickly here. The the company that we're talking about, OceanGate, um, Stockholm Rush, the the CEO, which we're going to talk about more in a second. Um, you know, their focus was, you know, tourism expeditions, underwater diving, those types of things, with experimental subs, which was the tricky part here, right? And we're gonna yeah. go, in, we're gonna go into that in a second, but. It's important to note that um, OceanGate, in its early iteration, in its early history, you know, pretty groundbreaking. I mean, they actually, I don't know if you're aware of this, George, but they actually have a submarine on display at Seattle's Museum of, of History and Industry. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, it's the Cyclops 1. Um, and so, you know, they, they are known for groundbreaking stuff. But, you know, as, as we go through the story, you know... Um, the ego, some people within the industry feel that the ego may have gotten ahead of the, the cart <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. the horses. I mean, you know, the, there's about what, 47, 50 employees, uh, at Ocean Gate. So they're not a very big organization, but you know, I mean, for, for what it is, uh, yeah, you know, it's, they were at one point a very innovative company. Um, but like you said, uh, taking a step back for a second, they started to not really listening to a lot, you know, what other people had to say in the industry, people who perhaps they may have benefited from, uh, from those other Mariners experiences. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cause uh, this is, there is no room for error. There's so what 
what happens is when you go deep, um, the deeper you go, the higher the pressure. And what happens is the the way most submersibles are built is with ridiculous amounts of really strong, very thick steel. Yeah, carbon steel, right, yep. Um, and this, they tried to use high-tech um, materials like carbon fiber. Um, the rest of the sub, and there's plenty of videos of this, kind of looked janky. You know, they... Um, they used just kind of parts off the shelf and uh, they steered it with an Xbox controller and um, it, it just, you know, the, they said the cabin itself was what really mattered and that was really well made. And, but the other stuff was kind of, you know, whatever, but um, it, it just seemed like they, and, and there were, employees from ocean gate that had gotten fired because they had raised concerns themselves yep in the past correct yep in the past and so rather than hearing you know engineering um engineering is about math it ultimately is about math and math doesn't lie and if the math doesn't work out you might be able, it might be able to work for a little bit, but the big thing about all these vehicles is once it goes under pressure, that pressure is ridiculous mm -hmm. and it, it crushes and elongates and changes the, the shape of the, of, of the sub and everything. When it comes back up, they have to check every single thing on there. To make sure that while it was under pressure, nothing broke or was compromised. And they didn't, my understanding is they didn't do that with this sub. Oh, it's carbon fiber. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's this. Again, we've seen this in the past with airplanes, with rockets, with space shuttles. Um... Some things that are missed could end in catastrophe. And um, that was the case here. And, you know, aside from subs, I think, again, the fact that it happened on the site of the Titanic, which is a graveyard, stop going there. Right, right. Right. We got all the film we need. We got all the images we need, you know, and they're going down there with the bullshit thing of, well, we want to see how much it's deteriorating. So you go down there to mini sub and you're going to see stuff on monitors. Why do you need to go down there? <laughs> send a, send an unmanned one, you know? Yeah. Um, but it just kind of seems like it's turned into a circus. It, it, that's a lot of people died and that was, that was a um, pretty modern um, siren, if you will, of they thought technology could overcome it, right? Oh, you're going through you're going through a, a, an iceberg field at the time. Um, yeah, but this ship can't sink. Well, guess what? Right. 
Icebergs. We don't care about no stinking icebergs. That's exactly right. And and so now, leave it alone. Leave it alone. That's a, a lot of people died there. It's a sacred spot. It's it's um, it should be honored. It's not a playground. The U.S. Navy, um, knew that uh, it had imploded days before it was officially announced. So you know that that's. <clears throat> So the U.S. Navy does maintain um, hydrophonics sensors within the within the oceans on the Pacific and Atlantic side. Um, you know, hydrophones, hydrophonic sensors, very very sensitive um, sensors. I mean, not you know they've been in development since the 1920s, so you can only imagine how sensitive these are. And yeah. to take it a step farther. They've got them in multiple places. So they've got them along the eastern seaboard, along the the west coast. They've got them in the Gulf. This is so we can kind of understand what's lurking in the waters. Is it a biologic? Is it a is Russian it a, sub? Is, is it a Russian Chinese sub? sub? Right, 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 right. Exactly. I didn't want to say it, but you said it. You know, you can <laughs> only imagine that we probably have some down near the Panama area as well. Sure. And and because of them being in multiple locations, not only can you hear, and they, they maintain a database of events, right? So mm-hmm. they they know what is a um, a biological event, meaning whale calls and sounds, and you know uh, sea creatures that are making noises that are rather large, like sperm whales or blue whales, mm-hmm. um, or they have you know the ability to track seismic. You know, oh that was a under underwater earthquake we know what that sounds like that sounds different so they've got this database of stuff but they also understand what submarines sound like because when submarines um move through the water um they're going in one direction and usually that's forward but as they slow down what they usually do is they reverse their propellers so the propellers usually going in one direction they reverse the propeller and it slows down the submarine and it causes or it creates what we call cavitation and that cavitation causes vibrations within the submarine which then um creates a very unique sound and they can identify all the way down to the make and model of a submarine, what it is, they would understand if it's a, you know, an older class of submarine, a newer class of submarine made by the French, made by the Germans, made by the Chinese, because they understand what that unique vibration sounds like. And because of all of these um, sensors being in different places in the ocean, they could triangulate pretty closely to, you know, um, not only a latitude and longitude, but a depth. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, the ocean is a very loud place, and it carries There's a lot of noise. Yeah, and in it, the ocean. it it carry to your point. It carries noise long distances. Whales yeah. whales have been known to communicate up to thousands of miles with other pods, and and you know they they talk to each other by way of whale songs, sonar, bottlenose uh, dolphins do the same thing. So yeah, you're right. Well, the reason why I'm going through this is because on Sunday. Around the time, around the time that um, topside ship lost communication with uh, the submersible that was was uh, going down, or at least at this point we believe it was still going down. There, there are some, there are some reports and there are some uh, conversations that they were actually maybe ascending, coming back up, but that mm. hasn't been. Uh, 
that hasn't been really proven yet. Um, J- I think James Cameron actually made that statement that um, he said through sources he knew the sub was actually ascending, coming back up, and maybe he thought they were trying to manage the crisis. So it could be that they were aware that there was a problem with the hull. Mm. Um, anyways, around that time, the U.S. Navy so- uh, Sonus Network picked up a... Um, uh, a noise in in the water around that area, and that noise cross sectioned and kind of databased out to a possible, you know, um, implosion or something artificially made, not biologically made. Yeah, and for classification reasons and not wanting the rest of the world to know what our capability is, they may. I'm uh, this just conjecture. They may not have necessarily shared what they knew, um, but um, turns out that uh, was what fifteen hundred meters off the uh, um, off one of the pieces of Titanic. Yeah, that this yeah, happened. Off, so. off, they said the bow. I think they said. Yeah, yeah. So again, um, if you get arrogant with technology, it's going to bite you. Yeah. And, you know, it's important to note, you know, we, what's a show of ours if we don't mention, you know, Elon Musk, close yeah, personal friend. Close of personal the show. friend of the show. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Who we don't want to fight. Who we don't want right, right. Um, The reason why I bring, bring uh, Elon up and, and SpaceX is because, you know, it's, it's funny because we've, we've seen all these amazing things with SpaceX and them putting spaceships in the orbit and they, they make it look, they they really do sometimes make it look easy and yeah they do yeah and mm-hmm. i want to capture the culture difference between possibly culture difference between spacex and ocean gate when when spacex launches rockets and they have t-shirts on that says failure is an option they're always embracing the failure. They want to see what happens when something explodes. They're constantly learning from their errors. That is, believe me, that's the organization that I want to work with when it comes to, you know, building something that's hard to put, you know, payload up in space or building something that's hard to put payload deep, deep down in the ocean, right? So yeah, that's yeah. that's a cultural difference and distinction that I think we're going to talk a little bit more about in the next uh, few minutes when we kind of get into the Ocean Gate conversation. Yeah, yeah. it's it, And they do it without people on board. Correct. Right? So they, they, uh, they, they know the risks, and that's the thing. Again, it comes down to math. Calculated risk. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one had the whole world's attention, which was interesting every once in a while a story like this comes along and, and it's just a, a shame for the people that uh, that perished during this because it um you know they went for an adventure and yeah they signed the waivers and all that other stuff but um i'm absolutely sure that they were given every assurance that all oh, this piece of cake you know yeah and you know the uh, some of those people who lost their lives on that trip um they, they were not 
they were not uh, uh, ignorant of the risks. These are people who are well-traveled and who have actually made dives back down yeah. to the Titanic. And, um, you know... It, one was one of the premier uh, Titanic experts. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so, you know, as sad as it is, um, they, they knew the risks. So, some didn't. Um, some didn't. And there was a young man who was on board there, and, and I um, I know that he was concerned about going on, and he went with his father, and that that's a tragic story as well. Yeah. Um, but you, you know what this reminds me of? The the people that climb Everest. Yes. And every year, people die on Everest. And sometimes because now it's so crowded with people trying to get up there. But... People just think, oh, it's going to be fun. We're going to go do this. It's unforgiving. There, there are environments on on this uh, on this marble here that are unforgiving, and you don't f around up there, or you'll die. Right. Well, absolutely. Every year, true. people die on Everest. Every yeah. year. Right, and. You know, as people go up to Everest, they're, they're bodies that are stuck up there and they're frozen and no one's going to bring them down because it's too dangerous to bring them down. Um, and they've been up there for years and yet people go up there all the time. And you know what? When it comes to this type of tourism, extreme tourism, there's always someone that's that's willing to grab the money. And you just hope that they've done the homework to ensure the safety of the people paying. But like like we said, everyone wants the most extreme thing. What's the next extreme thing, you know? Right, right. And, you know, um, and a lot of people look at the dive down the Titanic, um, whether it be on, um, you know, this situation or other situations, they kind of look at it as very much that bucket, le- bucket list, checklist type of thing. They, they're into it. They want to do it. Um, to your point, I I'm a little bit more aligned with the it's a gravesite, guys, leave it alone kind of thing. Um, but yeah, there's always someone that has to, you know, why? So you can say something at a cocktail party or trying to score chicks or something. I mean, <laughs> you know what the hell? Oh yeah, for sure. And so, yeah, so they 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 took this they took the submersible down, right? Mm-hmm. And. Um, they lost communication with it on Sunday, which was Father's Day this past Sunday as, as of our recording. So it was a week ago at this point. Uh, yeah. We're, yep. we're recording this show on June 25th. So yeah, it was a week ago and, um, and they lost communication with it and the U S Navy heard it. And thus the, uh, the drama ensued with, uh, Navy ships, U S coast guard, Canadian coast guard, um, you know, basically, uh, and, and there's still an ongoing investigation, um, but uh, yep. it took them pretty much until Thursday, if I'm not mistaken, uh, to to really... Yeah, yeah uh, it was Thursday. Yeah, to really come to the conclusion after they got a robotic um, submersible down uh, to, the, to the Titanic crash site, that they were able to... They, they saw that the, um, that the vessel uh, was uh, really... One that there was uh, that that Titan's uh, that debris from the Titan was actually down there, and that it was um, 
separated. So they saw they found the bell on one, you know, a couple yeah. hundred feet away from the other side and of of the ship, and they realized that it was what they categorized as a catastrophic decompression event, uh, an implosion, and and that's that's just really sad. It is. It, it it is, and you know, even on something like this, you get the reactions, are are you know, uh, thoughts and prayers, or it's just a bunch of rich guys being knuckleheads. So, but it's like, <laughs> you know what? Maybe it's a little bit of both. Right. 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 Yeah. So so they they took this risk, and and yeah, um, they mobilized. A, bunch of countries to come look for them and and all that and maybe they shouldn't have been there but again there's another grave site there yeah Um, and 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 they were warned you know like you said uh the marine technology society's uh committee uh did send uh a like you said a uh a private letter to rush this this private letter was sent out back in 2018 it expressed concerns about uh, the design of titan um, and they wanted to go through a certification, you know, and, um, you know, there were, there were some questions, there were some questions, um, you know, going back, uh, on, on the vessel, you know, uh, there were some claims that were made on the website. There were some things that were spoken and said, like, uh, Titan was made in collaboration with, uh, NASA, NASA yeah. and Boeing and to, to find out that, Maybe early iterations of some pre-existing prototypes were done in collaboration early on, but not necessarily of Titan, right? Not the final version, certainly not the final version. Right, exactly. And so there were some questions around that, um, you know, and and a lot of it's hearsay. So we don't even have a, uh, a clear picture which is why the inv- investigation's ongoing, right? Um, yeah. And w- we have to be careful about what we say on this show too, because we don't want to say something that's not accurate. But it's the, the the point is is that there's so much gray around it, we can't accurately report on it, right? No, no, and uh, and it's going to be years, years before I think the full picture comes out. I, it, and. Unfortunately, I think a lot of the data is going to come out through lawsuits and uh, discovery and all that other good stuff. But um, yeah, no, no, we don't. We have a very fuzzy picture at best right now. So right, um, yeah. So moving forward, um, you know, we have um, some, you know, unfortunate. We had an unfortunate, you know, accident. Um, and now we've got an investigation and, you know, I, I do agree with, I do agree with some things that were said in the media and some things that even James Cameron said, you know, I mean, uh, you know, when, when it comes down to, and, and look, I wasn't there and, and this is not my area of expertise, uh, but you know, when, when you have an overwhelming number of people, uh, this is not new news, this is old news about, you know, um, really, uh, people having concerns about this design. Um, and it's been in and out of the news, uh, for a while now, but, 
um, you know, the, the point being is, is that uh, it, it, it's a sad event that happened, but it happened due to some some ignorance, some, some, I'm going to go and prove other people wrong. And this is my design, possibly yeah. some chest thumping. Um, and that goes back to the SpaceX conversation where, you know, why didn't this guy, you know, uh, just put this, this ship on autopilot and drop it down to the, the crash site, which is, if I'm not mistaken, about 13,000 feet, right? Yeah. Isn't it 13,000 feet? It it is 13,000, yeah. Okay. And, you know, I mean, you know, 20 times. Why why not do, um, you know, some test runs 20 times? Because in in my head, um, when you have have materials that are untested, and now we're going into an area that I am a little bit of an expert on, um, not not deep sea marine, but you know just material science uh, as a whole. Um, when you have two different materials that come together and then they're bonded with, you know, a uh, an adhesive or glue or um, they're clamped mm-hmm. together. What in this case, you know, um, it, we could be talking about um, carbon fiber and titanium rings. Um, not only are you talking about uh, going down to a depth uh, that you have an increase in pressure, but you also have a decrease in temperature. Mm. So you have a lot of different materials interacting with one another. And so they're expanding and they're contracting. So not only are we worried about how those seals react under those different pressures and those different temperatures, but we're also worried about the fatigue over time. Yes. Yeah. And so they got away, like we said, they got away with it twice, but did, could it be that they got weakened every time they went down? Yeah. And, um, there's, you know, even some documentation and reports out there. Um, and if you go and do your research on, um, on this design that back in January, 2020, there was some, uh, some fatigue that was identified in the hull. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so, you know, those are, those are some, uh, or at least in some of the materials that were used in the hull. So, you know, from a design like this, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, Hey, you know what? Um, let's do 20 dives and let's see what happens after 20 dives. And then let's, let's, let's take this thing through its paces and, you know, um, then rip it down, cut it in half you know, do exactly what, you know, a responsible, you know, agency should do and then build a new one and then do it again for 20 times. Well, and and, and, that, and then, you know. then it, yeah, that's the question, Tim, was this, was this a money grab? Right. 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 And like, like we talked about, I think that, um, that portal, that window that they talked about was rated, I think to 1300 meters and they were going down to 3,800 meters. Now, Anybody that builds or tests anything, if you really want the thing to work, you over-engineer it. You never under-engineer it and hope. <laughs> right, 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 right. You know, and, and he was joking. He's saying, he goes, yeah, we'll have a warning because it'll start crack. We'll start hearing crackling sounds. You know, he was joking on that in one of the videos. It's like, I, I, I think you're, you know... <laughs> At that, when you start hearing that, it's too late. But the fact that you even have to worry about that 
means this is not built properly. Right. I mean, and we, we all know that, um, or at least people who are familiar with the situation, when you're in a submersible and you're going down, you're going to hear the boat make noise. You're going to hear the Absolutely. screws. You know, because you're, you're just applying pressure to the environment and to the vessel itself. But, you know... And and unfortunately, once the once the design fails, it's not something you can go back from. It's not something that you can kind of, you know, it's 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 catastrophic. It happens, and it's it's one millisecond. It's there. The next millisecond, it's not there, and it's failed. And yeah. the the people who who are honestly in the in the sub, they perish, and that's uh, yeah, that's sad. Yep. So. Another cautionary tale about arrogance and technology. And that's exactly the message that, um, you know, some people were saying was this is a complete rewind and, you know, rinse and repeat of here we are with a Titanic and over 100 years later, we've got the same rush to try to prove technology and almost in the same spot, we've got another yeah. site. Yeah, terrible. Then... Because that wasn't weird enough, right after that happens, we hear a story about the Wagner Group, which are former top Soviet or, or Russian soldiers, like they're special forces guys, that are now mercenaries. So it's just a group of badasses that they're using to fight the Ukrainians are marching on Moscow to take out the Russian military because the Russian military fired on this group of badasses supposedly because they thought they were getting too powerful. And Tim and I are talking on the phone and we're like, what the hell is going on? You, you have these reports of exactly what George just said, you know, that the, that Wagner group is going and they're fighting the Ukrainians and all of a sudden, you know, they get, they get hit from behind by essentially what was friendly, what was thought to be friendly fire. And then it it wasn't, it was actually Russians firing upon their own, you know, pay for hire soldiers. Now this is the story, right? We don't know if this is, we don't know if this is, um, you know, so, uh, supposedly Wagner Group has video of this, right? And and we don't supposedly. know if this is you know propaganda or something right, that's coming right. out of the war theater here. But you know, it's it's a crazy story. And from the night of the twenty third to the morning of the twenty fourth, when you and I talked, um, th- these guys got pissed off because you'd get pissed off if someone fired on your flank oh, hell yeah and decided to like basically take over two cities russian cities in russian borders and begin to you know drive up literally drive up the expressway to uh to moscow and and the russian troops fired on them with helicopters i mean this was in this was bananas and the cities that they overtook the Russian people were cheering them and hugging them, and ha- they were happy. It was like they were being liberated. It was it was just so insane. And T- Tim literally said he's popping popcorn because they had cameras, they had live streams in Moscow of what might happen. Yeah, you go to YouTube, 
and you saw live video feeds, 4K video feeds, quite nice actually, of uh, downtown Moscow, and, and people were waiting for, you know, the revolution to start. Literally, that's what was going to happen. And the guy decided to stop, um, you know, about uh, you know a couple hundred miles just south of Moscow, and turn turn his turn his tanks around and go back the other way. And it's just crazy. This this doesn't happen. Uh, so one of the interesting things that happened with this was as the Russians were all set to go into Moscow, as Tim said, they stopped and they turned their tanks around. Turns out a deal was brokered by the president of Belarus. Right. Who's another dictator, strong arm guy. Crazy nutbag. Crazy nutbag, um, former Soviet guy that's like aligned with Putin. Something happened where the guy that was marching on Moscow is now going to Belarus to live. Because anybody else that would have done this to Putin is normally dead. Right. Um, and so the soldiers that did not march on Moscow will be given a, will be brought into the Russian army. And the guys that did march on Moscow, they're going to be given refuge in Belarus as well. So again, in a similar situation to the sub story, we're not going to know all the details for many, many years <laughs> of what really happened here. Yeah, but it was important to note that uh, while this was all going on, you had um, people sitting up streaming um, in the yes. Moscow. You had social media run amok. You had you had state media getting hacked. So Russians hacking Russians. Um, this was a complete, um, fold over attack on itself. It was like watching, you know, the young eat the young when it comes to technology and counterintelligence and all this stuff within Russia. And this all happened very quickly. Um, and it, unexpectedly, holy shit, this came out of nowhere. It, it threw NATO off off balance it threw even even uh, Washington said they were very surprised by the the speed in which this um, <laughs> you can either call it in you know you can either call it uh, the speed in which it developed or degraded however you want to look at it um, but it, uh, technology played a huge role here um, and we're not spinning this or I'm not spinning this in, into a technology conversation that is what did happen. Um, you know, national, the national, um, state backed, um, networks were hacked. Um, you know, there was, there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of technology used in this attempt. And, uh, this, this, this coup was not too far away from happening. There was un, uh, substantiated reports that possibly, there was an aircraft sitting on a runway somewhere for Putin with a trans uh, transponder that could that may have been shut off, you know, to get him out of there. Um, there was there was some stuff that was going on, man. And it just so the implications here are 
wow, that just showed an incredible vulnerability. The other thing it showed was how much support these guys had from the Russian people against the Russian government and military. So this weekend is going to have reverberations for years. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is definitely you know, it's a it's definitely a pivot point and it's uh it's it's, it's interesting to see what has gone on and it's it's almost like two crazy stories back to back that you know kind of kind of echo the 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 tonality of just the way things have been in you know life lately i mean it's just it's been weird and and on like out of nowhere just out of nowhere this russian thing was you before they um before russia invaded ukraine you would have said Russia was the number two military and probably um, just nation state threat. Number two or number three. Maybe they're behind China at this point, but I don't know. Yeah, but be- before Ukraine, you probably would have said they were they were still ahead of China. Yeah, probably. Oh my God, they they're 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 a disaster. They're a mess. But they, but they're a mess with nuclear weapons. Well, that's the, that, and that's very much why we're bringing it up right now. Is that the <clears throat> the big concern is is that the end all game on this is okay. You dance with the devil that you know, and right now we're dancing with the devil that we know. Putin is you know uh, crazy, but he's not stupid, um, and or at least up until this weekend we didn't think he was, and you know. You knew that the keys to the the weapons, the locker, right, the the red locker, yeah. um, were probably in fairly secure hands. You know what I'm saying? Fairly yeah. secure hands. I mean, these are people that you know uh, we share a space um, interest with. Um, I, I know there's a lot of. I know there's a lot of. Uh, media out there that says otherwise but we and we've talked about this in previous shows you know there's a lot of cosmonauts and astronauts nasa and and the 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 russian space agency there's a lot of mutual respect there uh and there is i don't care what anybody says Mm -hmm. um and and you know so there's a lot of people who know what they're doing um in the russian military hierarchy and so you would presume assume hope that those keys are under <laughs> lock and key, and there's some yeah. sense, sense and sensibility there. Yeah, and that's, uh, and you don't necessarily want to get Putin out of there because, while well, he is what he is, he's somewhat predictable. You know. Yeah. The, the... And, and, and everyone, because that's the problem. You look. Oh man, this guy sucks. He's terrible. He's he's this. He's that. Um, okay. But if you take him out, who fills that vacuum? Right. And so the next guy that comes along, is he is he better? Is he worse? And, you know, it was funny, but before you and before I really started watching uh, or hearing this from the news, you and I said it ourselves, which was, man, this reminds me of 1991. Yeah, it really does. 
And that was a scary time too, because nobody knew what the hell was happening. Oh, it's the same thing, you know. You have yeah, yeah, but but I mean, just in terms of what's going to happen with all these nuclear weapons, and right. and we saw the the former Soviet um, Soviet republics. They were scary. I mean, Ukraine and all these other. They had a lot of weapons that ended up going to some really bad people. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's that's the other thing is proliferation, right? Do we yeah. want these? Okay, if the state fails, do we? You know, and this, these are things that have been talked, uh, you know, about until everyone you know turns blue in the face. But you know, it's uh, something that's notable. It's interesting. Again, the cross section of media technology and life and you know how it's changing things um and you know as we said at the beginning of the show two years well a year and a half ago now you know um things are moving faster and it seems as though war is moving faster too and um that's that's a, a good and or bad side effect of of technology and social media yeah, and, and unfortunately, we're still a thing, right? Um, mm-hmm. And um, boy, this just, I guess one of the fears, and this is one of the things Tim and I talked about, one of the fears is when there's a possibility of losing control, you grasp at the tools you have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... Um, but yeah, that was bananas. And again, we're not going to know the full extent of what ha- what's happening for many years to come. But and and it dissipated right away. But this that it's not over. Yeah, stay tuned. <laughs>